Get excited for season two of the I Dream podcast live from Dream Life Worship Center. Get encouragement for today and inspiration in the midst of this global pandemic. Tune in and get motivated to be all that you could ever be and step into your purpose because you are born inspired and determined to dream. All right, let's go in to the Word of God. I hope you are excited as I am about hearing from God today. I want you to go to Genesis, the 13th chapter. We are continuing in our series, Dream Through It. Dream Through It. I want you to go, if you will, to Genesis, the 13th chapter. And if you have the Message Bible, we're going to be reading from the Message Bible. It says, that's how they came to part company. Let's make sure, excuse me, verse 14, verse through 18. After Lot separated, separated from him, God said to Abraham, open your eyes, look around, look north, south, east, and west. Everything you see, the whole land spread out before you. I will give it to you and your children forever. I got it. I'll make your descendants like dust. Counting your descendants will be as impossible as counting the dust of the earth. So on your feet, get moving, walk through the land country. It's length and breadth. I'm giving it all to you. Verse 18, Abraham moved his tent. He went and settled by the oaks, Mamre and Hebron. And there he built an altar for the Lord. My God, my God. Will you go now to 2 Corinthians? And I hope you are following along with me. We are a Bible teaching church. And um, I want you to just to sit there with you and your family and your spouse and just hear the word of the Lord. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, and I'm going to be reading uh, this verse from the King James Version, if you will follow me. And that's verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen. And unto the glory of God, here it is, by us. I want you to pay attention to this verse. For all the promises in him, all the promises of God in him are yes, that's what it means in English, and in him, amen, so be it. Unto the glory of God, and his will be this, by us. Father, we thank you for the privilege to go in to your word. Your word is full of life-giving treasures. Holy Spirit, I come in agreement with my earlier prayer. Thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders will be manifested as a result of the word. I thank you that your people will hear what the Spirit is saying unto them now, and I thank you. And as a result of hearing this word, their lives will be blessed in you, in Christ's name. Amen. I'm using for a theme, continuing, dream through it. But my subject this morning is, big is coming. Big is coming. I don't know uh, exactly who I'm talking to, but I can tell you, if you are listening to this word under the sound of my voice, God told me to tell you that Big is about to come into your life. Now, the great 
Coach Tommy Lasorda of the Los Angeles Dodgers made this statement. He says, there's three kinds of people in the world. People who make it happen, people who watch what happened, and people who wonder what happened. I don't know what kind of person you are today, but I pray that you are the person that will make it happen because I believe we are in strange and in dark times and God is looking for the people who will make it happen. Is it possible that even in this strange and dark times that God is telling you and I the dream again? I mean, is it possible that God is telling America the dream again? Think about it. Is it possible that God is even telling I believe our families, our black America, to dream again. God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago in a dream. I woke up and I saw on my shirt, dream through it. And he says, I want you to tell my people to dream through it. I don't want them to just get through this. I believe you're going to get through it. We'll get through it. This too will pass if you don't do anything stupid, okay, I believe you'll get through it. But that's not what God wants you and I to do. He wants you and I to dream through it. He said, tell them to raise their expectations, to raise their voice. That's what he says. He says, tell them to expand their territory. God told me to tell you today that big is coming. Oh, yes, you're getting ready to see something that you've never seen in your life. He said, tell them that it's going to be big. What's in front of you is bigger than what's behind you. Are you raising your expectations? Somebody just type that in. Big is coming. Big is coming. Put that in the atmosphere. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Listen, bigger energy, bigger goals, bigger ministry, bigger love, bigger business, bigger income. Yes, I need to anticipate it. I need you to anticipate it because God is getting ready to move. That's right. He's going to open up the windows of heaven for you, pour you have a blessing that you won't even have room enough to contain it. <laughs> In fact, not only will you not be able to contain it, you're not even going to be able to explain it. My God, that's what God is about to do. He told me to tell you that, as he said in the scripture, the harvest is plenteous. The problem is the laborers are few. You see, you can have sown seed, and I'm sure you have sown much seed, not just in terms of your giving, but in terms of your praying, praying, in terms of your worship, in terms of your sowing good works into people's lives. But God said it's harvest time. And when it's harvest time, you are just as responsible to gather the harvest as you were to plant the seed. Now, all of us are, have experienced some kind of disappointment in life. However, the dream through it message is suggesting that you have been given power to reframe your disappointments. And I want to say that again. The dream through it message is making a suggestion to you that God has given you power to reframe your disappointment. I want to write that in there. Because I believe that uh, your disappointments can be as deep as you allow it. Uh, what do you mean by that? I mean that when you experience disappointment, because all of us experience disappointment, 
whether it's in our own personal life and walk with God, we experience family disappointments, financial disappointments. Some of you have experienced some disappointments right here in the midst of this pandemic. We all have disappointments. We all have those things that we, my God, what? how does this happen to us? I, where did my life end up? How did it end up here? Can I tell you disappointments happen? But it's all how you perceive it. And God says, I want you to learn how to reframe your disappointments. You see, I've been telling people this entire COVID period, this entire, during this whole pandemic, it is how you perceive it. You can see the glass full or you can see the glass half empty. And that's why I believe the Lord has given me this message to tell you the dream through it. Because what we tend to do when we have disappointments come in our life, we tend to bury our dreams, our aspirations, what we believe God has deposited in us. We bury it under our fears and we bury it under our complaints and we bury it under our regrets and we lose our dream. But I need to tell you today that if you don't dream, in many cases, you will die. Your family will die. Your, 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 your business will die. You see, when you don't dream forward, you, are, you have a tendency to regress. And so God told me to tell you that even as he did to Abraham, and we have been looking at the story of Abraham for the last two weeks, because I believe that Abraham, who was called Abraham in the very early portion of his life, I believe that Abraham is a kingdom prototype of how you and I ought to dream again. We saw on last week that Abraham had a dream, and that dream was his father's dream, but Abraham picked it up. And even though Abraham went through so many disappointments, Abraham had the ability to dream through it. What did he dream through? Well, he dreamed through family death. He, he dreamed through a family loss. He dreamed through famine. And here, as we're going to talk about today, he dreamed through family strife. Now, Abraham had the ability, and I said that all of us have to have this, that is to hear God in a dry place. Anybody can hear God when you got a promotion. Anybody can hear God when there is no pandemic. The question is, can you hear God in a dry place or when things are being delayed? Abraham understood that even though there were circumstances around him that were contrary to his desire, yet he had the responsibility to carry out and fulfill his father's dream. His father died. But Abraham understood that he was sent on the earth to carry out his father's dream. His father dreamed of living in Canaan, a fertile and prosperous land. But watch this, he never got there. But Abraham, like I believe God is calling you and I, knew there was a responsibility on him to carry out, watch this, the promises and carry out the assignments and dream of his ancestors. Oh, when I think about that, I'm thinking about even uh, the great John Lewis, who just passed away. I honor that man so much. He is such an example of a kingdom prototype, uh, not a, necessarily what we would call a church statement, yet he was a strong believer. He went to church, but more importantly, he took one of his seven mountains. He was strong in government, and he, he was a strong freedom writer, and, and John Lewis was, a, was an 
honorable man. I mean, I mean, when your testimony at the end of your life is that you were a person of love and that you loved all mankind, I'm telling you, you have probably reached the pinnacle of a testimony as a believer. And John, now why, why am I using him? Because he understood a responsibility to carry out a dream. He knew that regardless of how America was turning, whether it was going backward or forward, he took the responsibility of carrying out Martin Luther King's vision. Yes, that is that we would have peace through nonviolence. And why am I going here today? Well, they say that John Lewis was probably Martin Luther King's greatest disciple. I think there's no coincidence that he have it just passed. I think we can take, uh, I believe, great lessons and examples from these great men who who stayed with their purpose, who who followed the dream of one who passed, and even Jesus, our Lord Himself, He came here to fulfill His Father's dream. I'm going to show you in Bible study on Wednesday night that Jesus had the dream through it. He had to carry out His Father's dream, and today God is telling you and I to pick up the assignments, watch this, the anointings and mantles of our ancestors. I'm, well, I'm not talking about those spooky stuff. I'm talking about assignments in the kingdom, dreams that they never saw, but God says now they're falling. Somebody just typed that in there. The mantles and anointings are falling to dream big. And that's what the Lord is saying. And you and I must dream. And so he led me to, to 2 Corinthians 1, where Paul wrote, Paul said, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I want you to see that. God says, tell them that there is a divine yes on your dream. Yes. Tell, he said, tell them that I have placed a divine yes on your dream. In other words, as the Lord said in the very beginning of this year, he spoke to us at Dream Life and he says, green light. In other words, I placed a go, my God. And do you not understand that if God places a go on your dream, that he's always already given the angels a charge to support and to back everything you do in this hour. I need somebody to type that in there. There's a divine yes on my dream. And that's why I love this story because Abraham, when we pick it up in chapter 13, he is facing one of the most difficult challenges that we all encounter when we're trying to dream through something. And that is family strife. That's right. Family strife. Yes, it is God's will, I believe, that we live in peace with our families. I want to make this clear. I'm giving you this as a precursor before you hear what I'm about to say. Uh, we have a covenant of peace promised to us in the word of God. And this covenant of peace that we have, it is also for our families. In the moment, we as a born again believer receive Jesus as Lord in our life. I believe it is Acts 16 and 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. That our family has a covenant of peace. That's right. In other words, God will usher in his shalom in your family the moment you receive Jesus. Now, I need you to hear this is very important. It is not God's will for us to have division and strife and anger and, and violence. And they say that in this COVID period that 
domestic violence has arisen. I need you to understand that's not the will of God for you to be fighting and cussing one another out every day in your home. God says, I have given you, if you're a believer, a covenant of peace, a covenant of shalom. I need somebody to go ahead and just type it in. We have shalom. I decree shalom in my house. Now, shalom is not just peace and tranquility as we know it. But the Hebrew word shalom also means prosperity. It means welfare. It means, uh, yeah, that's right. It means to be blessed of God. Uh, it means harmony within and without. It means safety. All of these blessings come upon you and I when we have that covenant of peace by the blood of Jesus. But I need you to hear this. Even though we have this covenant of peace, Jesus made it very clear in Matthew uh, the 13th chapter. I want to read that in your ear. He made it very clear in Matthew 13, and excuse me, Matthew the 10th chapter. He made it very clear. He says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter in law against her mother in law, and a man's enemies will be of his own household. Now that's some strong language by Jesus. But he's saying here, watch this, that sometimes your very enemies can rise up right within your own family. So even though we have a covenant of peace, and Jesus is will for our families is to have peace. But sometimes when we stand for what is right in our home or when God is calling us to a bigger place, watch this, we sometimes have conflict within our families. And he says sometimes, unfortunately, your own enemies can be right within your household. Here's what he says. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me, look at this. Is not worthy of me. That is some strong language in the word of God. But God wants you and I to get that. He wants you and I to see that. He wants us to understand that, that when you love Jesus, when you stand for God, when you decide to dream big for God, sometimes it's going to bring conflict with your own family. And let's look at that in Genesis, in the scripture in which I read in Genesis. The scripture says when God called, Let's find that if we will in Genesis. Just follow along with me. In Genesis, the 13th chapter in our text in which we read, uh, the scripture says it clear that there began in, uh, in verse 5, excuse me, verse 6, it says, And the land was not able to bear that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so they could not dwell together. Let me go to the Message Bible so that we can see that even a little better. And I'm going to read verses 5 through 7. Lot, who was traveling with Abraham, was also rich in cattle, and watch this, and in tents and sheep. But the land couldn't support both of them. They had too many possessions. They couldn't both live there. So quarrels broke out between Abraham's shepherds and Lot's shepherds. And the Canaanites and Parasites were also living on that land at the time. And Abraham said the lot, let's not have fighting between us, between your shepherds and my shepherds. After all, we're family. Look around. Isn't this plenty of land? The area there, plenty of land there? Let's separate. If you go left, I'll go right. And if you go right, I'll go left. I want you to see some things regarding family here because that's this. God is saying that, that big is coming and he's telling you and I to dream big. 
But along with the big coming, sometimes will come family strife. I gotta give it to you. The tr- I gotta give you the truth. Now, again, there are times when God will call you to a bigger place in a time of access to follow your dream, and sometimes family can't see it. Now, Lot was really not supposed to even come because God told Abraham to leave not only your family, your kindred, but he said, I need you to leave your father's house also. But the scripture says that Lot came with him. I don't blame Lot. I probably wouldn't want to connect with Abraham too. He's the father of blessings and promise. I mean, prosperity is flowing in his life and he's a righteous man. I mean, his future looked great. But God told Abraham that this is your dream and I'm calling you out. Now, God calls you out many times temporarily from your family so that watch it so that he can prepare you to be a blessing to your family. But watch this. Lot comes with Abraham, and Lot's name literally means little pebble or small pebble, because if you read the Bible, you know that many times in the Old Testament they would take, they would throw a lot out. That was pebbles and wood. They would cast it out to see what would, that's the term, the will of God. In other words, if we throw this lot out, wherever the lot lands, that would be the will of God for us. It would be almost like throwing it out there and guessing, and wherever it lands, that's where it would. Well, Lot Name means small pebble. I want you to clearly write this down first. When you decide to dream big, and I'm here to tell you big is coming, sometimes it's your family that will keep you small. I quote, oh, I know you're going to get a lot of amens there, but it's true. Family can keep you small. They don't mean any harm. They will just say things like, you know, uh, you know, no one in our family has ever done that before. And, 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 and why, why is all that necessary? Do you need all of that? Do you, do you need to live there? And they will always kind of sometimes question. Now, this is, not, this is not all your family members, but sometimes they will question your bigness. Oh, you listen to me. And they say, well, listen, nobody in our family has ever had that before. Why do you think you can have that? And so you got to tell them that I can have it because God told me to dream big. Watch this. Now, what I love about Abraham, he doesn't get into a real uh, angry and mean, strifeful way. Abraham does it in a peaceful way. In other words, Abraham says, I'm not going to let you stop me from dreaming. He says, he says, he says la, la, la. I'm not going to let, we're not going to fight. We're not going to allow this to destroy us as family. No, he said, no, we're going to do this peacefully. He said, in fact, I'm going to let you choose wherever you want to go. And I'll take what's left over. See, Abraham had what I believe Kobe uh, calls in his book, Stephen Kobe, an abundance mentality. That is when you understand that there's enough out here for everybody, that whatever God has for me, it is for me. I don't have to be jealous and envious over what God's doing for you. In fact, Abraham could have took a real different attitude and said, listen, I invited you in my dream, and now you're competing with me? (laughs) You know, we all got people in our life. We allowed them to be a part, and all of a sudden now they're competing against us. They forget where the blessing came from. Oh, you listen to me. But listen, I want you to understand this. The family cannot always go with you. So the Bible says that Abraham literally told Lot had to leave. And I don't know who the Lot is in your life, but sometimes Lot has to leave because family cannot always go all the way with you. Are you listening to me? 
They cannot all. And so I'm not saying this was not an emotional time, but here's what happened. Lot looks at the plane over there in Sodom and Gomorrah. He gets all excited about that. And the scripture says in Genesis 13 and 13, that Lot decides to settle over there past Canaan into the plain where they look so nice and beautiful because, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side. So Lot takes that land. Watch this. And the Bible says literally that the people of Sodom were evil and flagrant sinners against God. Now, some Bible scholars believe that Lot represents carnality in life. Uh, wanting something outside of the will of God. Abraham wanted to walk in the way of peace. Now watch this. And the, the scripture says, as soon as, watch this, Lot left. I want you to look at this. As soon as Lot left, and let me just read that in verse 14. After Lot separated from him, watch this, God said to Abraham, Open your eyes. <laughs> My God, look around. Look north, south, east, and west. Let me say that again. After Lot separated from him, I, I wish I can give you a nice uh, message or give it to you another way, but I got to give you the truth to that. There are, listen, God will have, will give you the gift of release when he's about to bring you into something big. Sometimes people just cannot handle your bigness. Don't get offended by it. Don't listen. It doesn't mean you got to do it mean and arrogantly, but listen, don't let them come between you and the assignment and dream. God is placed in your life. And so watch this. God says to him, look north, south, east, west. Everything you see, the whole land spread out before you. I will give it to you and your children forever. My God, God, as soon as Lot was gone, God began to coach. Listen to this. He began to coach Abraham into his bigness. Glory to God. Who am I talking to? This is a season God is coaching you into something bigger than where you've been. I hope you can see this. He says, Abraham, lift up your eyes now. That's what one of the translations says. Another translation says, look from where you are. You may be in a small place or you may be in a good place, but I got a better place. I got a bigger place. Are you listening to me? In other words, he says, Abraham, the sky is the limit. It represents limited vision. You can never listen to this. So he says, Abraham, I want you to look at the sand of the sea. Now I want you to see how God is coaching him in the bigness. He says, listen, because I need you to understand that the promises of God are yea and amen to the glory of God by us. That's the key. By us. God ain't going to make you think big. He's not going to just bigness ain't just going to come in your life until you expect and you're thinking, God spoke to me a few weeks ago, even about launching out in the deep. He says, son, I told Peter to launch out in the deep, but I didn't leave him without a realm of, uh, of expectation. I didn't leave him without expectation. I told Peter, launch out into the deep for a catch. In other words, I let Peter know if you obey me, you're about to catch some fish that you ain't never caught before in a season you've never seen before and a magnitude you ain't never experienced before. And that's what he's saying to some of you today and to all of you that are listening, because I need you to see this. He says, he says, now he says, Abe, Abraham, look at the sand in the sea and look at the stars of heaven. In other words, if you can name them, he says, that's how big I'm about to bless you. 
Now, I, I need you to see that because that's powerful because at this moment, Abraham doesn't even have a child, but God is telling him the dream big. Now, God uses this to expand Abraham's thinking. Oh, you listen to me because I believe that thinking big is a choice. And no matter how your circumstances are, God gives you the power to dream big. Now watch this here. I believe, according to this scripture, that you can never rise above the pictures that are in your mind. I hope you get that. You can never rise above the pictures that are lodged in your mind. And this is why it is so important for you to get exposure. You know, you may have the Holy Ghost, but if you're going to dream big, you need exposure. Are you listening to me? Because God has engineered you that way. He has made you that way. That you have got to see it before you get it. Are you listening to me? He says, Abraham, I've made you a promise but it ain't going to happen until you see it. So he gives him a visual, watch this, a visual model so that he can expand his ideas. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm telling you in this season, God told me to tell you to upgrade your exposure. Somebody type that in there. Tell them I'm about to upgrade my exposure. You need to just get out from where you are. Oh, you listen to me and try something bigger, try something better. In fact, one of the ways to increase your thinking is to upgrade whatever car you're driving. Start driving a bigger car or a better car. Wherever where you've been staying in a hotel, just try one time to stay in a better hotel. I refuse. Not too long ago, my wife and I, we checked into a hotel and from the moment I got in that room, I said, you know what? We're getting out of here. This is too small. This this don't represent who I am. And then I went down and I found and I called around and I found out, oh yeah, there was a hotel that was a whole lot bigger and better and it was going to cost me more money, but it didn't matter. God says, no, son, you're in a season of bigness. So I need you to go ahead and upgrade where you're staying. Just go ahead and do it and trust me. Can I tell you, he was telling me to upgrade my exposure, but secondly, he wants you to upgrade your experiences. Upgrade your experiences. If you don't never go to anything bigger or better or looks better, something that is exclusive, something that, uh, that maybe you have never even thought you would ever go and just expose yourself, you are creating bigness in your spirit. And he told me to tell you also to upgrade your education on things. And this is very important because when you educate yourself, you expand your mind and you prepare God to do bigger things in your life. I hope you get this. Now, and Jesus told his disciples, even in John, the fourth chapter, when it came down to the harvest, he says, lift up your eyes for the harvest is right. He said, don't push it off four months. He said, the harvest is right right now. In other words, thinking big is, has never been just about money to God. No, thinking big is about connecting with people connect and helping people and, and educating and healing and bringing salvation. When you think big, God says, I'll give you a bigger influence. Even in the beginning of this year, my word has been all year. This is my year of abundance. I've been decreeing. I've been declaring. But one of the things God has been saying with me is not going to just happen. You're going to have to seek bigger platforms. I prayed. I said, God, I want to reach a million people. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I want to reach a, that. That came out of the passion of my heart. Why? Because I just felt that God wanted to do something bigger this year. And do you not know God has been setting up and putting me in the company of people that are going to help make that possible? 
Are you listening to me? You see, I'm trying to tell you that the promises are yay, that the bigness are coming, but it's coming by you. You got to work the power that is working in you. In fact, Jesus told them, he says, the harvest is right. It's lift up your eyes. He said, it's right in front of you, but you have got to go. Now, God always has given us, had a bigger vision for us. I need you to understand that. When, when God sent his son, Jesus, I'm going to talk about that Wednesday night. When he sent Jesus, Jesus had to have a bigger vision. He, God had to see many more sons. God didn't you know people make this religious statement. Well, if it was only just for me, Christ would have died. Well, that doesn't make any sense. God is a better businessman, a better investor than that, to just send his son to go through all of that pain and die, to just reap one soul? No. God knew that millions of sons and daughters and billions were going to come into his kingdom by watching. So God had a big vision. So he was willing to make the sacrifice. And so he sold Jesus into the earth. And now as a result of his willingness to pay the price, so many of us are experiencing this great salvation and oh, how wonderful it has been to live in the kingdom of God in the midst of all that's going on. So I want you to write these things down as we close and this is going to help you. This is going to help you begin to dream big because I want somebody to type that in right now. Type in there, big is coming. Don't be afraid of big because big is not fleshly, it's godly. God, everything God does, he starts small, but it becomes big. Even the kingdom itself, he said, it'll come and start as a little seed, but before you know it, it'll grow up into a tree and it will be the largest tree in all of the field. So please, you may start small, but I need you to think big. And so let me give you a few things that are going to help you to receive big coming. Number one, when you think big, big things are going to come to you. When you think big, big things are going to come to you. You're going to pull it into your life. You're going to pull it into your atmosphere. And I can give you examples after examples in my life. I mean, listen, we could have settled for a smaller building after all I was going through nine nine years ago. I mean, I could have just settled, but God said, no, I want you to dream again. I want you to dream bigger. And God took us from a 26,000 square feet building to a 34,000 square feet building and even expanding with that. But I'm telling you that when you think big, watch this, big things will come to you. I remember several years ago, uh, let me get to point two. Number one, two is thinking big requires you to have to set higher and bigger goals. So if when you're talking about thinking big, you're going to have to set higher goals. I remember when I was reading this book on thinking big and all of a sudden the Lord dropped in my spirit that we were going to the First Man Arena at that time. That was the Royal Farms, but at that moment it was the uh, First Man Arena. And I and we didn't have the size of church or, or probably the budget for that. But God says you're going to First Manor and uh, Man, Man Arena, and you're going to watch. You're going to stretch out, and you're going to bring many people. And we did. I'm telling you, by the grace of God, God just kept providing as we stepped. It was costly, but as we stepped, He provided. And that night, on a rainy night, four thousand people came into the first man arena. God moved by his spirit. He used restoring life at that time. And I'm I'm trying to tell you, God's saying, but even that bigger is coming. I can see us taking the whole convention center. Oh, you listen to me. Because God says bigger is coming. Number three, if you want to see big things in your life, you got to push yourself beyond your limits. That's where some of you kind of stop when you reach a point. But in this season, God is saying, I'm birthed 
birthing dreams. And I want you to watch this. I want you to think bigger and push yourself in the spirit. Push yourself by the Holy Ghost into bigger things and bigger limits and push beyond your limits. And here's what he told me to tell you today. That if you cannot dream of doing big things, you will never do anything big in your life because whatever you dream about is about what you're going to get. When you dream about it, you'll get about it. Are <laughs> you listening to me? So God told me to tell you today, as you are going ready to get to go through your week, I want to encourage you today, dream big because big is coming. I don't know who exactly I'm talking to, but I want you to give God praise now. Say, I received the big in my life. I just need about a hundred people to type that in. I received the big in the name of Jesus. You know, God says, I'll do exceeding and abundantly above all that you may ask or think. You may be asking for this thing, but God's got something real bigger in mind. And that's what I want you to get. Now, Abraham, the Bible, this is what he told Abraham. After he told Abraham to look at the sea and the sand, in verse 18, he says, so on your feet, get moving. Walk through the country. It's length, it's breath, because I'm giving it to you. The Bible says, Abraham, move this tent. He settled there and he built an altar. When God gives you a word that big is coming, you can't stay still. What he has given you is a divine yes on your dream. So you cannot stay still in this season and get relaxed on this COVID season. No, God is saying dream through it. God is saying that whatever your eyes can see, I give it to you. My God, I want you to get that. He says whatever your eyes can be exposed to, he said, I'll give it to you. We're not talking about greed. We're talking about need. We're talking about a need for the kingdom of God to expand. And he can't do it except he expands it through you. And I need somebody to just type in that. I, even if you got to stop praying the prayer of Jabez, Lord, just bless me indeed and expand my territory. How many of you are watching me want to be used greater by God? How many of you are tired of the status quo? How many of you are tired of the conventional way of living? God says, no, Big is coming. <laughs> open, he's I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You won't even have room up the sea. I need you to type that in, write that all over your house, put it on your on your phone. Big is coming. As you decree it, you will see it. As you declare it, you will see it. I'm not gonna tell you, you may have to let go some lots, but it's all right. I'll let it go for you, God. And that's why Abraham built this altar. Because after God gives you a word and he gives you a yes on your dream. He's asking and looking for you to say yes to what he says yes to already. If God says yes to the bigness of your dream, then why are you thinking small? You, God says, no, if I say yes, I need you to say yes. I need you to surrender to God. And the question to you this morning is, will you say yes to the dream that God is showing you in this hour? It's big. It might be a little frightening, but everybody who has dreamed big had to deal with some disappointment. You may be looking at your shortcomings, your failures, your past mistakes, and God said, it doesn't matter. I need you, Abraham, to dream from where you are. God says, if you can see things big from where you are, I will bless you. They told Colonel Saunders, you are too old. You are past retirement. But he still said, I got some fried chicken that I got to sell. I believe, and you not know God 
God blessed him. He was a strong believer. They told him before and after he had failed in business and filed bankruptcy, you'll never be successful again in business. Well, people are buying Ford Motor Company cars even until this day. Oprah Winfrey went through a very difficult time. She was turned down as a reporter. She was told she didn't have the look. She was told she was too controversial. She was too racial, um, sensitive. But look, look at her now. She didn't stop dreaming. She dreamed through it. She started dreaming big, and God gave her her own network. I need you to hear what I'm saying today. God is speaking to some of you and saying, I need you to dream big or your life is not going to explode. It's not going to grow except you start dreaming big. And if you dream big, I'll anoint you. I'll release you into the earth and you'll be a blessing. You'll be a blessing. So somebody just type that in. Big is coming. And I want to just close it out today with a prophecy that the Holy Spirit gave me to give to you. I want you to receive this prophecy. I want you to receive it in the name of the Lord. God says, in this season, I am blessing those who dare the dream. I am the God of the dream, and I will use you to bless you and to be a blessing. He said, did not the prophet tell you that I am the God of all flesh? Is there anything too hard for me? Am I a man that I should lie? Have I not said it and will I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Will I not make it good? I am creating rivers in the desert places of your life, saith the Lord. And even in America, I am the God of abundance, the God of more than enough. El Shaddai is my name. Be not ashamed of my name in this season of favor. And I will favor you with big things. I will favor you with big dreams. I will favor you with big breakthroughs and miracles that I have watched that you have yet to see. I am releasing the double in the lives of my people. This is the generation that seeks my face and have allowed, and I have allowed, watch this, this season to be for the true seekers and worshipers to come into my presence in order that I may release my power and present me to this world as I have and present them to this world as I have revealed myself to them, saith God. As it is the month of Elul, which is a time of repentance and searching, because this is the time of year that you and I are to seek me, God says, while I watch it may be found. He says, You are my beloved, and my beloved is mine. The king of the harvest is in the field of the harvest, God says. And as you turn to me, you will go by me and will gather a great harvest for my glory. In all seven mountains you will go, God says, and be established in this hour. The mountains of religion and faith, the mountains of government and law, the mountain of family and business and economics, the mountain of education and the mountain of arts and entertainment and the mountain of media. God says, for the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of his Christ, saying the Lord God Almighty. God says, big is coming. I don't know who I'm talking to out there, but God says, big is coming. I want you to lift up a praise right where you are. Give a praise. The enemy has fought so hard to keep you small. He's fought you in your esteem. He's fought you in your family relationships. He's fought you in your own very belief in yourself. The Holy Spirit is bringing you into a bigness, a big thing. God says it will come by you believing 
and stretching out on his promises. Father, I thank you for the dreamers that are watching me right now. Many of them have gone through pain and disappointment and the enemy has tried for years to block them from following what you've deposited in them. But I thank you for the releasing of this revelation into their hearts. I even now speak light to every dream. Those that are watching me that are even crying in tears now, I release a healing virtue. You will make them whole. And those who are even in family strife, I speak shalom in that situation. I thank you that you are giving them the courage to step into your purpose, to step into their assignments. I pray the anointing of repentance and restoration that those who are following something different, a different pathway or pattern which you have not ordained for their life, I thank you now for redirecting them, refocusing them by your spirit. I pray divine direction. I pray a divine yes to your will in their hearts. And I thank you for it now. And I pray for those who are watching that do not know you, those who have strayed from you, those who are trying to walk even through this dark season without you. I pray now conviction will come under their hearts. And I pray that as they would watch me now, they will receive you into their lives and say yes to your will. And if you're watching me right now as I'm praying in your life, is out of sync and you are living in health of skeletal life and there is no peace in your life. You try this, you try that, but it's not working for you. And I tell you, it's not going to work without Jesus. And I tell you that all the promises in Christ are yea and amen. And I'm telling you, it's your time. It's your season. It's your moment. Step out and say yes to him. We want to hear from you. How are the messages from our podcast impacting your life? Every time we tell our story, we give honor and glory to God, and He is pleased with that. Your story, regardless of how spectacular or ordinary you think it is, is a story about God's character. It is your eyewitness account of how God rescued you and changed your life as a result. When we share our story with others, we help them get to know what God is like and what He can do. Send an audio message through our anchor to be shared in our future podcast episodes. Thank you for listening to the I Dream Podcast live from Dream Life Worship Center. Subscribe to our podcast and leave a review.